Amen. Praise the Lord. You may be seated a moment. I was uh, talking to a uh, evangelist this week and uh, that travels around all over the country. And uh, he was telling me that as you go into these churches now, of course, you know, the pandemic and the crowds of the church, they cut down the crowd and, and all of this that they're doing all over everywhere, trying to get people out of church. And he says the churches at a lot of the churches that he's going to, that the pastor will tell him, we want you to speak on things that apply to the people like current events and stuff like this. That will be, you know, the people need encouragement and, and preach and give them encouraging words. Well, I, I decided this morning that um, to make the devil mad and everybody else mad that I'm going to preach on the Holy Ghost. Um. And uh, so I'm going to minister this morning shortly on the purpose, praise, and power of Pentecost. Now, we go through the book of Acts, and I, I would say this. Well, what was the purpose of Pentecost? And we're going to get there in just a minute in the Scripture. But what was the purpose of Pentecost? Here's the purpose of Pentecost. For the disciples to receive what Jesus received in order to do what Jesus did. Now, this is important. I want you to get this. The purpose of Pentecost was for the disciples, who we're going to find out was there in Acts chapter 2, was for the disciples to receive what Jesus did, receive, in order to do what Jesus did. Okay? Now, what did Jesus receive? Well, if we turn our Bibles to Matthew, the third chapter, and we'll read in verse 11, this is John the Baptist talking. And he said, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Now, that's what the disciples, that's what John the Baptist told the disciples, that they would be baptized with the Holy Ghost and fire. Now, we come down to verse 16. And when he had been baptized, Jesus, John the Baptist, baptized Jesus in the River Jordan. When he had been baptized, Jesus come up immediately from the water. And behold, the heavens were opened to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove, lightning upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Well, let me ask you a question this morning. If it pleased God that Jesus received the Holy Ghost, don't you think it would please God if we received the Holy Ghost? I, I would think so, that that would be part that would really be God-pleasing. Now, so now we know now we're talking about Pentecost, Pentecost was a celebration service. Actually, Pentecost was the 50th day after Easter. They celebrated Pentecost, the 50th day. It was a celebration of uh, uh, a harvest 
celebration actually is Pentecost, where they bring in the first fruits and would give their tithes and offerings and everything to God. It was a celebration, Pentecost was. Now, but we're looking that that was the 50th day. But we go through the Bible, and it, there, there the, the number 50 is listed 194 times in the Bible. You'll see the number 50. So it's very important that that number means something. 50 means something. Now, we turn over into Leviticus. We got two or three scriptures we're going to hit this morning. We turn into Leviticus, the 25th chapter, and here's what happened with the children of Israel. Now, in verse 10... Of Leviticus 25, we see these words. And you shall concentrate the 50th year, about to say 50, 50th year, and proclaim liberty throughout all the land to its inhabitants. It will be Jubilee. So the, the 50th year was what they call Jubilee year. The 50th day for the church is the Jubilee day. That's, that is Easter, I mean 50 days after Easter. And we're going to see what that means here in just a minute. Now, it says it'll be jubilee for you. Now, look what he said. Each of you shall return to his possession, and each of you shall return to his family. The 50th year shall be jubilee to you. In it you'll neither sow nor reap what grows of its own, nor gather the grapes of the untended vine, for it is jubilee. The 50th year, you didn't have to do anything. The 50th year, you didn't even have to work because everything was was supplied to you. Now, look what he said. In verse 13, in the year of Jubilee, each of you shall return to his possession. Now, in the year of Jubilee, it would be like this. You've been a slave working for somebody for all these years. You've never had nothing. You owe everybody. You owe everything. And so you're just a vagabond, never had nothing. But what happened was they always worked and they were looking for that 50th year. You know why? Because on the 50th year, the Bible says it's jubilee for everybody and everybody gets back everything the devil stole. So you ain't got this this morning. I said the jubilee year was that everything that the devil stole was returned to its rightful possession. So now, in Jubilee, everything was back the way it was before they got in debt. This ought to make somebody happy today. I'm going to get to a point that you ought to be real happy that we're up, we're getting ready to operate in Jubilee in 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 the, the the God's kingdom. Now we see here now in Acts chapter one, and we're going back now to look at the, and we're talking about the number fifty. Now, in Acts, in Acts chapter 1, we're going to read the, these passage scriptures here. And being assembled together, verse 4, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem. Who did? Jesus. But to wait for the promise. The promise was the Jubilee. Wait for the Jubilee. The promise. For John truly baptized with water... Now, this is Jesus talking. John baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Now, he tells them to wait to go to Jerusalem. In verse 8, he says, you receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. 
and you're going to be witnesses to me in Judea and other, all this. Now, he tells the disciples there, I want you to wait until the power and the promise and the praise of the Holy Spirit is laid out on you on the day of Pentecost. Now, in chapter 14, this is very, I mean, uh, verse 14, this is very interesting. Now, they, they had 120 in the upper room. And the Bible says they all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, was with the brothers. And in those days, Peter stood in the midst of them, and it was 120. Now, they had 120 people on the day of Pentecost in the upper room. And the Bible here says they was in one accord in prayer and supplication. That word supplication means making a request to God. Now, Jesus had just told them that if you'll go and wait on me, you're going to get the promise of the Holy Spirit. The same thing Jesus did. Do you understand with the, with the nine gifts of the Spirit, of the Holy Spirit, that the nine gifts of the Spirit, you can operate in all nine gifts? Do you know that Jesus only operated in seven of the nine gifts? Do you understand that you can operate in more gifts than Jesus did? Because Jesus never operated in tongues and interpretation of tongues. One of the nine, two of the nine gifts. So then when you get endued with power, you can have the same power that Jesus had, but you've got two more boosters. You've got tongues and interpretation done. And they said, nobody want, we don't want to talk about tongues in church. Nobody wants to talk about tongues. It's in the Bible. It's in the Word of God. And he said now here, that they were in unity with one accord in one uh, in, in one place. Now I turn over to Ephesians, and we see here in Ephesians the fourth chapter, and he himself talking about God, he himself gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. The fivefold ministry was put into the church for what reason? For the equipping, verse 12, for the equipping of the saints of the work of the ministry, for edifying the body of Christ, what does verse 13 said? Till we all come in unity. See, the Holy Ghost will never move where there's no unity in the church. When you've got, when you've got people that are mad, in, 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 in pride and all of this other stuff, it never will operate in the church until unity comes in the church. Now, now he goes on and says, we don't have to agree upon everything, but we can agree with on this that Jesus is Lord. So when we come and believe that, we see that God will start moving in the church. But what happens is that we got people uh, that will, will come into the church they don't want to follow instructions and do all of this other stuff and create havoc in the church, then the Holy Ghost can't move. True. But where, the, when, where there's unity in the faith, you'll see God move mightily in the church. I found this out when Becky and I was in, in Central America. Some of the greatest meetings we ever had was when there was a small group of people. Why? Because the smaller group, there was more unity. 
the bigger the the bigger the crowd, the less unity it is. God will pour out when people are hungry together. Now, in in uh, in 1902 on Azusa Street, there was a black man and a white man that got together in unity. You know what happened? I can tell you what happened in 1902 when the black man and the white man got in unity and started praying. You know what happened? The Pentecostal movement, as you know of today, was birthed on Azusa Street in 1902. But it wasn't birthed because they were bickering and fighting among one another. They were in unity. And they got together, and then the Pentecostal movement started. Now what has happened in all these years later, the Pentecostal movement has got back. Well, we don't want to talk about uh, uh, tongues, and we don't want to talk about healing, and we don't want to talk about prosperity. we got all of this stuff that we want to take out of the Bible. God wants us to preach from Genesis to Revelation the whole oracle of the Word of God. Now, if it hair lips the devil, so be it. I say it's time in America that the church stands up. Let me tell you something. The government is going to try to take every right that you had as a Christian. They're working on it right now, my friend. There's going to be days when you'll have to pray to get to church. I'm telling you, because the government is not your friend. I can tell you this. I've got a friend that his name is Jesus. That's the only friend I need to know. Let me tell you something. He'll take you where you need to go. But you can't depend on a COVID check. If that's all you worried about is a COVID check, my God, you might as well go ahead and die and go to heaven because you ain't got nothing to bank on. The COVID check, if that's going to keep you out of poverty, my God, we're going to pray for you today. But we get our eyes on Washington. Washington does not care about you. Mike told me the other day, he said, Pastor, I'm going to tell you right now, your message goes out on Facebook. He said, I'm telling you right now, the way you preach, they're going to start censoring your message. To hell with it. I don't care. Amen. I'm going to preach the same thing. I don't care if it goes out on Facebook, or any kind of other book. I'm going to preach the Word of God the way it is in the Bible, and it can hair lift the devil. I don't care. Jesus is still Lord, and He will take care of you no matter what your situation is. I could care about Biden, Friden, Biden, Pelosi, and all of them. They don't care about you. Now, we're going to make everything all right now. Biden's going to make everything all right. He's a thief. Pelosi's a thief. Chuck Schumer's a thief. The Democrats are thieves. The, 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 the Republicans are thieves. They all have stole your money, and now they want to give you back a little of it, and you think they've done something for you. They don't care about you. We got one person that cares about you, and his name is El Shaddai, the God that's more than enough. When you ain't got it, he can get it to you. When you need it, he can get it to you. He's the one that can make it way when it seems to be no way, bless God. Somebody praise him this morning. I'm, uh, somebody tell you something. We need to get some shout in the house, bless God.
Well, we got all this stuff we're worrying about. We're going to get this, that, and what. Let me tell you something. I don't want, and, 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 and I, this evangelist told me, he said, uh, uh, now, now, Brother Herb, he said, uh, and, I, and I'm going to have him in here for long. I, I like the guy, and uh, he travels all over the world. And so I think I'm going to have him this year. And, and he asked me, he said, now, how should I come dressed at your church? I said, I'm glad you asked me that. I said, if you're going to preach behind the pulpit at this church, you're going to look like you're a preacher. Don't you be coming up here with a pair of blue jeans on and a t-shirt and tennis shoes and want to preach how good God is. My God, we can look at you and tell you that you're in a hell of a shape, brother. He said, well, I didn't know. said, I preached in a church last week in Memphis, Tennessee, and said the pastor showed up, said he weighed about 300 pounds, and said he showed up with a pair of Bermuda shorts on and a T-shirt and his belly hanging out from under the T-shirt. And he said, you know what happened? Nothing. God don't move around that kind of mess. So what we've done here now, we've tried to take the Word of God out of the church, make it appease everybody, just, you know, we don't want to offend nobody. And so uh, this guy was telling me, he said, now, and I've got another friend of mine up, uh, that uh, is evangelist, and he told me, he said, when I go, most of the churches want me to, don't get in the book of Acts. Actually, the book of Acts is the book of actions. I challenge you in the next week to just read the book of Acts. Just read through it and see what, it, and just see what it says. It's a book of action. And so I said, well, it's obvious then that most of the church wants the preachers to do this. You know why? Because that's what the preachers of America have done. They took the one book that can give you some hope and get you up off of your mullet grub street. And they've took it out of the Word of God. Let me tell you something. The Word of God is true from Genesis to Revelation. But what we've had is now, because the book of Acts offends people. Now, Brother Herb, you don't really think, you know, that, 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 that we're supposed to jump and shout and, and be happy and do all this. You don't really believe we lay hands on people and say, shall recover, do you? Yes, I do. You don't really believe this speaking in tongues, huh? Yes, I do. Let me tell you something. I've already experienced what God through the baptism of the Holy Ghost will do. And I know how powerful it is to be filled with the Spirit of God. 
There's a lot of preachers come to our churches. On, uh, uh, I mean, a lot of people come to our churches on Sunday morning, and they've been filled with a lot of stuff. Uh, they've been filled with a lot of spirit, all right, but they got it down at, at, at Joe Lowe's place. I say it's time to come to Joel's place where Joel prophesied in the last day that I'm going to pour out my spirit. The prophet Joel said, I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh. And your sons and daughters just prophesy. And your sons are uh, uh, dream dream. And your old men will see vision. Hey, that's, that's what Joel prophesied. I was preaching in uh, Boquete, Panama. And uh, do you know God will move anywhere? And I was preaching in Boquete, Panama, and we had revival there in uh, the Assembly of God Church. Do you remember where that was, Mike? You've been there. Assembly of God Church. And uh, we was having a, a revival meeting, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And so, uh, three days. And so we got there the first day. And so we're just preaching. See, they don't have not, they didn't have nice music like we had. We just preaching. And so, all of a sudden, as we're preaching, this about five little girls over here on the left, and they started laughing. I thought, what are they laughing about? They just started laughing uncontrollably. They got laughing. And so I, I said, you, come on, I mean, you know, y'all disrupting the service. Come up here. Well, they come up to the front. And uh, I said, well, what's the problem? Well, they're, they're in Spanish, you understand. So I started speaking Spanish too. And all three of them fell on the power of the Holy Ghost. Just like that. And so I told Arturo, you know, the, the, the church has... Uh, Robert, what do they call them? Expansion joints in the concrete. You know, like you pour concrete and you'll have a little strip. You know, they call them, what is, you know, expansion joint. Well, this church was poured concrete and they had strips in the floor like expansion joints. So I told Arturo, I said, here, after the three little girls fell on the power of God, I said, I want you to line everybody up that needs a miracle along the walls of the church. It's a big church. I said, line them up. And have them come up here. And I said, here's what I want you to do. I'm going to stand behind this line right here. And I said, I want you to bring the people up and have them stand on the other side of the line. And when I call them, I want them to step over the line into the glory of God. We lined the church up. The people would come. They'd get there and I'd say, step over here to the glory. they step in the glory. They fell on the power of God. Fell on the power of God. This mama brought this little boy, about 12 years old, an incurable heart disease. Now, in Panama, they didn't have doctors like they have today. The little boy made it, could have help here. The mama brought the little boy up, 12 years old, heart disease. Arturo said, Brother Herbs, he's got an incurable heart disease. I asked the mother, I said, do you believe that God would heal this baby? 
I believe God will heal the baby because she had already seen stuff. See, when you see stuff happening, it will build your faith to believe. I said, okay, here's what I want you to do. I want you to have the little boy step over into the glory of God. The little boy took one step. God is my witness this morning. Around his heart, I saw a finger start moving. I saw his shirt start jumping. His little chest was beating. And and a finger went all the way around that heart, and he fell on the power of God. It was done about midnight. There's a curfew in the town. They will take you to jail after 12 o'clock. It's almost 12 o'clock. The pastor come up and said, Brother Herb, we have a curfew. And said, "If when we leave the church, the police is out in there. They're going to arrest us. What do we tell them? I said, here's what you tell them. You tell them that there was a guy from America that came here to Bocatti and told them that you have been drinking at Joel's place. So when they asked you where you been, tell them, say, I've been down to Joel's place drinking. The sweet wine of the Holy Ghost, bless God. And you know what happened? I'm telling you the truth. The guy came back the next night. The pastor came back the next night. And and these people are leaving. Let me tell you. I'm telling you the truth. These people are leaving the church laughing. Y'all never been around nobody that laughed. But these people are leaving laughing. Uncontrollably laughing. And so the guy, they're like, so the, the preacher come back the next, next uh, day and said, uh, Brother Herb, these people went out of here and told the cops that they'd been at Joel's place, drinking at Joel's place, and the, the cops didn't arrest nobody and said, the cops said, well, we want to go to Joel's place. <laughs> Let me tell you something. We need to get to Joel's place, bless God, is where we need to go. So why would you come to church and not be happy? Amen. Come to church and we uh, fry it up, dry it up, fry it up, and we don't want nothing else to happen. No, I want to see God move. I want to see people healed, bless God. I want to see people filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I'm going to ask you a question. Now, Mike... Uh, I notice you've got your new vehicle. That probably thing probably won't get five miles to a gallon. But anyway, if you filled up your uh, truck in Portland and drove to Memphis, Tennessee, without stopping, drove to Memphis, Tennessee, what would happen? You'd run out of gas. You know what's happened in the church? The church has run out of gas. Exactly what's happened to the church. We've said in our churches of America, and there's nothing ever happened. There's never a miracle ever happened. And then we've run out of gas. You know what happened? You need to get refilled. Need to dump another jump at Joel's place. Now, i got to go. I know y'all are wanting to go. 
But I got one person who want me to preach on. I'm not going to keep you long, believe it or not. But I'm, I'm going to go, believe me. But I got to get this in. Now, after they was at the day of Pentecost, and you know what happened? They were, they were all jumping, shouting, speaking in tongues and all this kind of stuff happening. And so, uh, Peter stood up and said this. Others mocking said in verse 13, they're full of wine, new wine. Now, let me, Peter said, look, these are not drunk as you suppose. Since it's only the third hour, but this is what Joel prophesied that was going to happen in the church. Now, after the day of Pentecost, it's interesting to see that in Acts chapter 3, the Bible says Peter and John, if you'll read it, Peter and John went up to the temple to pray. As was their custom, every day they went to the temple to pray. Now, every day they passed this lame man who'd been begging for money. Every day they go and pass the lame man begging for money. After the day of Pentecost, after they had received the power of the Holy Ghost, they go up to the temple that morning to pray. The same lame man that was there every day that they went before they got filled with the Holy Ghost, the same lame man was there begging for money. Peter and John goes by him and Peter says this, Silver and gold didn't even touch it. Silver and gold I do not have. But such as I have, I give out of thee. In the name of Jesus, get up and walk. You know what happened? The Bible says the lame man got up leaping and praising God. Bless God. They didn't pray for him. They just spoke the word in the name of Jesus. Do you know that Jesus didn't heal everybody the first time? Remember when Jesus and the blind man come up to Jesus on the road, wanting to be healed? Jesus laid hands on him. said, what do you see? And he said, well, I don't see nothing. I said, I, I look like trees up here or something. I do see that. Jesus laid hands on him again. Boom, what do you see now? I said, oh, I see everything good. So see, sometimes you need to get a double dose. Just because you've been there one time don't mean you got it all. Now, this is interesting. In Acts chapter 5, and most people get mad when you preach about this. In Acts chapter 5, now this is what happened when the, when the power of God come into church. <clears throat> in Acts chapter 5, the Bible says Ananias and Sapphira had sold some of their land. But because they was greedy, they didn't give what the supposed gave to the church. Now, it is so interesting because over in Acts chapter 5, uh, as they beat popped into church that morning, Peter said this, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and keep back part of that money? Then Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and died in the church. Because he was a thief. Now, three hours later, that's just like just like a woman. She ain't ever gonna be on time. Three hours later, Sapphira beat Bob's in the church. Sapphira beat Bob's in. She done got that money, and she done bought 
new clothes and some jewelry, and and, and she got on that uh, uh, Mary Kay and all that kind. Of, she looked good. She beat bops into church with a high heel shoes on, and Peter said, uh, uh, "Sapphira, where you been, honey?" So, well, I've been getting ready for church. So, well, let me tell you something. The same people that carried your husband out dead is fixing to carry you out dead. And she dropped dead in the church. Now, y'all still want a book of Acts church? Because they stole from God and the power of God laid them out in the church, bless God, and they carried them out. That's where the, where the presence of God come in. So we want to know and, 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 and if we want a, a, a Holy Ghost church, we got to do it from, from, from chapter one to, to the last chapter of the book of Acts and believe what the book says, bless God. Now, I'm going to do something special this morning. Now, I know this uh, probably won't go over good with you, but I really don't give a flip. Here's what I'm going to do. We're going to worship God. I'm going to have Ramona do some worship. Roy, come on up and sing with the mayor. You do a good job. I, I like the way you kind of beat Bob. Got that bass or something, whatever you got. But uh, you sound real good. But uh, And here's what I've done. I'm going to give you an opportunity this morning. If you've not been filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, what do you mean, Pastor? I'm talking about being filled with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. I'm not going to knock you down. I'm not going to push you down. All I'm going to do is pray for you. Now, how do I get the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Number one, be born again. That's all you got to do, be born again. And just ask for it. You know, um, uh, years and years ago, y'all probably don't know, ever heard of Fred Price, but he's a black preacher in Los Angeles, California. And Fred Price was a Baptist preacher. And he wanted to be, he wanted the Holy Ghost. And so he was praying, wanting the baptism of the Holy Spirit and Holy Spirit, and he'd been prayed for and all this kind of stuff. And so he's riding down the freeway in Los Angeles one day, and he said, he was praying, he said, Lord, I've asked for the Holy Ghost, but I, 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 I've never received it. He said, the Lord spoke to him, said, Fred, said, you asked for it. He said, all you got to do is receive it. And he said, when he did that, all of a sudden, he started speaking in tongues, driving down the highway. Got filled with the Holy Ghost on the highway in, in Los Angeles, California. So it happened to everybody. We all need that power in these last days. Everybody stand. Ramona sang me something. And I'm going to ask you today. You may be here and you say, Pastor, I'd like some of that power. I want to feel the Holy Spirit. And maybe you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues. But I'd like that. 